Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 21, I believe it is, Neil. Yeah, man. We got Jennifer Lauren with us tonight. We're going to call her Jenny, right? That sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Jennifer Lauren Webb with Diamonds and Whiskey. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. And speaking of whiskey, Ooh. what are we going to have with the podcast tonight, we Neil? Got, I, well, Old Tub. Have you ever heard of that? No. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> old Tub, apparently... So I did a little uh, studying because I hadn't I hadn't seen this either, but until June 2020, you could only buy this at the Jim Beam Distillery. Really? And Jim Beam Distillery was called Old Tub before Prohibition. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is a Jim Beam product wow. that they just started a uh, limited edition. They released nationwide in June 2020. So this is the first time I ever had it. It's unfiltered, which means I guess they just pour it right out of the barrel in your bottle and, and jenny we would uh share it with you but you're not anywhere near us yeah. no and i might become unfiltered and where are you uh where, where are you guys out of well we're we're right on the carolina line pretty much so uh, a couple of us are in south carolina the other couple are in north carolina and uh, but i'm a north carolina girl that's where i was born and raised now i live in a little town called Wahala, South Carolina. Okay. Mm-hmm. So half the band is in North Carolina and half the band's in South Carolina? Pretty much, yes. Hey, <laughs> ACCS, SEC country down there. Mm, yes, battles. sir. <laughs> well, if you were up here, we'd be sharing it with you, but otherwise, cheers. Thanks cheers. for joining us on the podcast. Well, yeah, cheers. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I'll have some sweet tea here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what they put in the uh, movie bourbon bottles, so it's kind of the same. You're, you're good. So I'm assuming you're diamonds in the in the diamond and whiskey duo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a, I'm actually both. So the the name actually came from me solely. I started this band years ago, well, about three years ago, and I'm kind of a weirdo, so I have different personalities. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? My husband's nodding his head because he's like <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> but you know, one day I might be muddy uh, working on something but next day i might be in my stilettos with so much makeup on you don't know who i am so um the <laughs> the diamonds of whiskey is a testament to being two very different people but yeah uh i like the name and uh, two of my favorite things as i say um <laughs> okay yeah so, <laughs> it is a great uh, name it, yeah so it's it's easily brandable and you know there's a lot of good things about it but it rolls off the tongue people don't forget it and it just uh, it sucks so here we are, diamonds and whiskey. Well, if you come across the old tub, it's it's pretty good, isn't it? Neil? It is good, not I'll bad have to at try all. That you out. know, you, if well, I wonder if you can find it. I wonder if it's just kind of around Kentucky right now. I don't know. They said nationwide, but oh. well, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So if you can find it, find it. This is really good. I've graduated, Jenny. I, I, when we started this podcast, I was I need ice in all my bourbon. Do not hand me. <laughs> but the, we've actually we're doing a little recording and and. Uh, during this COVID thing, I wasn't going to make Brad run up and down and get me ice, so I just kind of started drinking this stuff straight, and it's pretty good, man. Uh, <laughs> <on your> chest. <laughs> I'm not, well, I needed no help with that, but now I'm, it's even worse. Drink, <laughs> drinking it neat. <laughs> yeah. So, Jenny, why don't you start us out and tell us a little bit about how you got into music? I, gosh, I've been playing piano since I was about four years old, um, since I could reach Ooh. the keys, and I've never had lessons, but I could just play what I heard. My daddy 
played piano, banjo, and guitar, and he's got the voice of an angel. Um, so I think I get it from him. But he actually lost one of his arms the year before I was born, so I never really got to hear him play any stringed instruments, but he still dabbled oh, on the piano. No. Yeah, and so I feel like I get my talent from him. But, yeah, I've got a, a great ear, and then I started playing for choirs in middle school and high school, and then uh, classically trained to sing opera in high school. I wanted to be on Broadway. and oh, wow. Yeah, and so I kind of took that route for a little bit in high school and then decided that since I was really good at math, maybe I'd go into civil engineering instead. <laughs> since, that, <laughs> since that seemed like a, that make That's more a money that way. Yeah, I know. So I, I just, you know, I wanted to help my family more than anything. I, I wanted to sing, but at the same time, I, I don't come from a lot, you know, and I had younger siblings and, and my mom and stuff. And I, I wanted to um, make sure I was able to, help take care of things at home. So um, ended up working really, really hard at a young age and kind of putting music aside until I got a little bit older and then, then got back to it. But um, but yeah, that's kind of my background. I, I grew up playing piano in church and, you know, hymns and stuff like that. That's where I got started. And I didn't, um, didn't even listen to the radio really till I was over 18. We weren't allowed to. So I didn't. I didn't grow up with rock and roll or, or anything, country, rap, nothing. Um, just Was that interesting? Uh, my uh, keyboard player, Josh, bass player in another band with Jenny Carr um, here locally in Louisville. Same thing. Until he was eighteen, probably more twenty twenty one. He he grew up in the church, played nothing but him. Did not know if I was like, "Hey, man, you uh, know who Leonard Skinner is?" He would not know. What right. free bird or sweet home? And there was no concept of that. How much of a, a culture change was that? And did it change the way you played or looked at music? Yeah, it was it was huge for me. I um I was very sheltered um, for religious reasons. We didn't have a TV and no radio, and and even the way I dressed, you know, skirts to my ankles, hair up all the time. We weren't allowed to cut our hair. Just a lot of things. And and so when I got to college, I mean, it was. <laughs> just insane for me. I mean, I went straight to listening to Eminem and um, Nickelback <laughs> and like all the things that were out then um, that I had, you know, just no clue about. Um, Matchbox 20 was my favorite band of all time, but that's, you know, you remember when people used to put out great albums, like full yes. albums, and there's a few people that still do. Um, but then I feel like the the early 2000s, late 90s, God, there were so many great albums then. So that's mm-hmm. when I really discovered music was the early 2000s and I um I feel like it was a good time for me <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to do that because I think there was some of the greatest music we had made then but but yeah it was a culture shock for sure I um yeah I was clueless I didn't even know so, what that music was like it kind of sounds like life at that point was a culture shock did you go away to college um, I, I mean I didn't go far I went to UNC Charlotte um so I could be close okay. to home yeah, I stayed on campus, and okay. yeah, so it was um, it, it was different for sure. Learning experience. I didn't go wild or anything. I like. I think a lot yeah. of people do that. I was still a very, very much a good girl, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I didn't drink or do anything crazy, but I, I definitely listened to a lot of music. Were you playing music in college? I wasn't. I um, now I sang in a college choir and show choir. I danced and sang. Um, even went over to Paris and London and, and got to <laughs> sing in those places. Um, and and that was all, all great. But I did not play in a band. I had not dabbled in anything, you know, crazy like that. It would take me another 10 years or so till I actually started 
you know, played my first bar gig. <laughs> so. And, and when you're in a course like that, when you're in, I'm, I'm assuming music major and all that, there's really no time for any other music in your life. Now you said you were an engineering major though, right? I was. Yeah. So I, okay. I, but I, yeah. And, um, and there's no, there was no life other than that for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I yeah. started in engineering and it lasted one semester. <laughs> Fortran programming was the end of my engineering. <laughs> It was different, you know, especially it was a, a man's world, especially then, too. You know, there were 103 of us that started the class. Only three of us were girls. And um, but it it was great. But I ended up going into another field. I, I became a real estate appraiser, which is still very math math based. Um, and it's been good to me. So I so I did that for a while. And I just love math. And sometimes I think music and math go together, you know, so it's yeah, so true. How did being good at math impact the way you learned music? Uh, yeah, so it's very much a numbers thing for me. I saw music always like a um, math equation in my head, um, which doesn't sound very romantic um, <laughs> when, when you think about it. But um, it just makes it easy for me. And I'm sure a lot of people do, though, you know. And, and even now, you know, we number chords anyway when we play. Are you guys musicians? Yes. Yes. And what do you play? And I was a math teacher. Yeah. He, and a math major. I was neither of those, but I do play instruments. <laughs> so yeah, when I uh, when I was learning to play the guitar, it was patterns was was the way I figured things out and learned to fretboard and. and right. he, he was also he was also twenty eight when he picked it up, right? Twenty eight, <laughs> so, something like that. Twenty six. So you yeah, have been through later. those math courses, so yeah. all that stuff probably just calculated very well through. Your, I was a your late brain. music bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wish I was a better pianist, but um, people think I'm good. But I, I look at other people and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could play like that. Mm. But you've never had any lessons? No, I haven't. I did teach myself to read music once I got to middle school, but, um, but yeah, I never took, <laughs> oh never took lessons. I taught myself how to read music. So That's if you never awesome. took lessons, you probably were never uh, exposed to the torture of a piano recital? Uh. <laughs> no, I never had to do that. Now, my older brother... Uh, took for nine years and he would get so mad at me he would come in and play Beethoven and I would sit down after him and play it <laughs> but, oh, my God. oh wow I, and yeah. he'd just like oh my god I hate you <laughs> but um yeah I um <laughs> but I couldn't read the notes and my choir teacher did not know I couldn't read the notes so I was playing piano for choirs in middle school and high school and my freshman year I hadn't quite mastered reading music at the time I'd been practicing and practicing but you know it took me time to figure it out um and she said, are you not reading the notes? <laughs> and I was just like, no, you know, and I was so embarrassed because um, she would play the song, you know, and then I could just sit down and play it. And so she didn't realize I wasn't actually reading the notes. And so she told me, she's like, until you read the notes, you can't play for us. That's a gift to be able yeah. to sit down after hearing music and just play. Yeah, but that's also a pretty good teacher to say. Yeah, she you're, was. You're, you're good. You need to you need to know what you're playing because you were really, yeah. you can do all that. She did. She taught me a lot, actually. She was amazing. We're still friends on Facebook now. I um, oh, cool. I absolutely love her. She um, I, had, I used to have the worst stage fright and playing for all the choirs in school. I mean, we, we actually had a really big choir program and so it was a big thing for us. And we went to all these competitions. And so I got a lot of exposure to that and I would get so nervous before a show. My hands would sweat. I mean, like just drip sweat, you know, and I'd be shaking, you know, and, and she, and I, I don't know if I can say a bad word on here or not, but, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but she basically pulled me to the side and she was like, you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the shit. 
every time before you go out on stage, <laughs> just say it over and over and over and over. And do you still I, do that? I do. <laughs> I still yeah. do it because I get nervous still. But oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. it took me a long time to figure figure that out. And she was like, "You're amazing. No one else is doing what you're doing." And and not that there was anyone else ever doing that, but she's just saying like, "You're doing something special. Be proud of that. Embrace it." And know that even if you make mistakes, that takes guts to get up there, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a lesson I learned early on. But honestly, I wouldn't wouldn't really probably embrace that until till the last couple of years. Um, my performing has changed dramatically since this band. So, um, but I still carry that with me all the time. So I think, and I'm sure teachers know they impact students, but you really have the chance as a as an educator. Um, for young people to impact them for the rest of their lives. No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm sitting across from an educator, and it's. Uh, I'm sure he could tell you stories and stories about it. And I have my, the same deal with me. I have family members that are educators. That you know, my grandfather was a principal, and we still hear stories about how he impacted life. So, uh, one good teacher can change the direction of of everything. And especially in your case, you're talking about using those lessons now even more than probably back then. Absolutely. So how did the transition happen from, you know, show choirs and musicals and the things you were doing into rock and roll and bars and country music? and? <laughs> well, it's so funny because, um, you know, after, after college and stuff, I, I went to stay with my cousin one weekend. Um, I must have been probably 23, 24, something like that. Um, and she had started learning to play guitar and she knew a few chords and that sort of thing. So she started teaching me to play guitar and we would try to sing country songs, you know, just uh, back then, let's see, it was the Dixie Chicks or we played like Indigo Girls, stuff like that, you know. And when I would sing, I sounded like an opera singer trying to sing country, which doesn't really work out because I, <laughs> I enunciate every word, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think I, that's, how my, that's how my mom sings country. Right. <laughs> <this> right. <laughs> so everybody's like, what are you doing? Your voice is great, but you sound really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it took me a long time to where I finally stopped enunciating so well. And honestly, um, it wasn't until about three years ago when I started playing music, um, you know, in this band, uh, I met a guy, a guitarist, and we didn't play out or anything. We just started practicing together. And really, it was supposed to be an outlet for me. I was going through IV therapy. I had a port in my chest at the time, and um, I was really sick with Lyme disease. And I was like, oh, God, if I could just play some music, yeah, you know, it'd be therapy for me, right? And um, I got together with this guitarist. His name's Bonberry. Um, amazing person. And we just all of a sudden started writing songs. I mean, I just, I brought in all these songs and he put these guitarists to them. And because of that, I don't know, my whole style just changed. Next thing I know, I'm, I don't know, just singing rock and roll and country. Like I've been doing it my whole life. I know it sounds crazy, but it just came out of me. And now people think, you know, it's like a country heart, you know, except that we have a fiddle player instead of a lead guitarist. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, he really changed everything musically for me. And, and um, I'm still grateful for him today. He read all the guitar riffs on our, on the album I have out now. Um, but yeah, it really oh, was nice. that, that moment. And I never meant for it to turn into this where we would be, you know, playing on radio stations and overseas and like charting and then all these bigger gigs and opening for all these great acts. And like, I don't know, I just, it just kind of blew up. You know, we've never really played. I think we've played one bar gig, period. We went straight up, straight onto festival stages. Um, 
And it just, oh, that's awesome. Good yeah, for you. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> we worked really hard on our image and like, you know, really recording a great album. Um, it's mm. produced by Dale Penner. He did all Nickelback stuff, first mm. two albums, I think. Um, you know, we just wow. really stepped it up before we even went out and played. I'm talking, we practiced for a year <laughs> before we played our first gig. That way, when we went out and played, people thought we were like pros. We've been doing this forever. Mm. And so now we've, you know, this year we were booked to play a bunch of state fairs and uh, bigger country music festivals with, you know, Eric Church, Luke Combs, uh, Chris Jansen, Diamond Rio. I mean, we, Darius Rucker, I don't know. We, we had a bunch of stuff this summer, and, of course, we've lost so many yeah. gigs. <laughs> and so, uh, so I feel like that's I, a bummer. I, yeah, it, is, it really is because this year was really big for us. But we've still got a lot going on, and we're looking at overseas tour next year. So I don't know if that answered the question. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but it kind of just, it 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 just fell tangent. in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up the guitar as easy as you picked up the piano? Um. I did not, and I have not. Now, I've been playing guitar for a while, but I play enough to sing along with, to write music to. I do it on stage, you know. Um, I play bass on stage. I um, I understand it like I do piano because I understand chord structure and theory and all that. But oh, okay. but it is not the same for me. And I think it's just the linear way piano is laid out, or I don't know, it's just different. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, again, I can hear and play anything that I know that, you know, that I can play the chord to on the guitar. So if you, if I hear a song, like I was somewhere not long ago and they're like, Oh, do you know such and such? I'm like, well, I don't know it, but I can probably play it and I can yeah, figure it out. You know? Did you always write? No. Or was that something that came once the Lyme disease and maybe out of frustration or just being cooped up in some type of outlet or was that, did it come later or did it not start until this mm, process? Yeah. I never knew I could write. Um, that didn't happen until, um, later in life. So um, I've had a pretty, the Lyme disease is, is a whole, that's just been a terrible thing in my life. Oh, I, um, I had a pretty rough childhood. You know, my parents divorced when I was two and then there was, we're not going to go into all that, but it was, it was pretty terrible. And then mm-hmm. when I was 12, I got really sick. I started vomiting all the time. Um, my heart was inflamed. Um, I was exhausted. I had arthritis so bad by the time I was 18, I could barely play piano, couldn't hold my head up. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me kept getting these 104 fevers. I mean, like death fevers, you know, the kind that you think you're going to die. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It was, um, I was really sick. And then by the time I was 25, I was, I had lost my hearing on the right side and my vision and my legs wouldn't work. Um, I was really sick and they kept saying, Oh, there's nothing wrong with her. Nothing wrong with her. My mom had taken me to all these doctors, finally figured out it was a tick bite that I had gotten when I was a child and I had Lyme Jeez. disease and it was completely debilitating me. Um, at the same time, I had a son, um, you know, in my early 20s who was a pound when he was born and was trait for 10 years and had a feeding tube. Um, he's had so many surgeries, I can't even count. He's just incredible. So, so I've had this journey of like <laughs> so much happened in this short, well, not short life, but, you know, at yeah. that time it was my short life. So, so by the time I was late 20s, yeah, I'd seen a lot, I felt like, in life. And that's when I started writing. Um, Whiskey Down is the first song I ever wrote uh, about a man who loved drinking more than he loved me. And um, I, uh, and then from that, I just, I don't know, it all started pouring out of me. And I think it was just a lifetime of pain and, and anger. And then I learned to channel that into songs. Um, 25 to Life is about my brother's drug addiction. Hero is about Lyme disease. You know, so uh, my whole album is... There's a story behind every song. Um, 
so yeah, I, I didn't know I could write until, you know, uh, not that long ago, I guess. And then pretty much the first 10 songs I wrote went on the album, which I know does not really wow, happen. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty insane. But, but it has gotten so many great reviews. I mean, it hasn't had a bad review yet, so I'm grateful for that. But, um, but yeah. Is that um, Heartbreak Queen? That is Heartbreak Queen. Yes. And that's, um, that's been in the last year, correct? Yeah, we released that in November. I, I was on an interview with a New Zealand radio station the other day, and they said that Muddy Water, one of our songs, has been requested 37,000 times just on their station. And no, I was like, hey, that was I, crazy. I'm a, you got a Muddy Water fan here. I, well. I absolutely love that song. <laughs> yeah, it's killer. <laughs> really? That guitar, that guitar is awesome. Yeah, the That's, whole thing is killer. Vocals are awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's Tom Berry, yeah. that guitar riff. It's funny. I brought that song in, and I was just singing it like you hear it on the album. And he just broke into that riff. He just like, I was like, what is that? And, yeah. um, and it makes the song. It's so good. And people love that song. Um, hands down. Hey, let's listen to a little bit of that right now. Okay. Yeah, man. That's an awesome song. song. I love that <laughs> guitar. It's a yeah. The quality of the recording, the everything about it, is, it just sits perfect. Now, is that uh, who? Who did you say you recorded with? Well, we. It's funny. We recorded this album in two stages. Um, we went to Seattle and recorded in the recovery room um, with. Uh, Greg Markle, he's done like Death Cab for Cutie and some other things. He's amazing. Wow. Uh, we recorded that in Seattle. And then um, we came back to the Carolinas um, and went to Old House. Once we got Dale Penner, he kind of joined later in the game. And he was like, hey, let's remix this. Let's add some more instrumentation because the original recordings were really, really just broke down. I mean, we just, I mean, it was like piano, bass, guitar, and, and drums and like nothing else, you know? <laughs> so so we came in and... Um, Dale came in and, and produced and and basically gave us what we have now. And we recorded that in the Carolinas. And then he worked on it from Canada, um, which is where he is. And um, and then we got we got this. And, man, hands down, Muddy Water, um, Sugar Stick, uh, Heartbreak Queen. There's so many great songs that are doing really well off this album. So I'm really proud of it. I feel like everybody's like, oh, don't do an album. Don't do an album nowadays, you know. Mm -hmm. because, and I agree. If you don't have all killer, no filler, like, because I believe in that don't do it but mm. i haven't met anyone that hasn't listened to this album and been like oh no i get this you know and um i was in working with my manager the other day i took him 14 new songs for the next album 
And he's like, ah, you know, before I go in there, he's like, I don't tell people to do albums. I'm just going to let you know. But I played through them and he's like, oh no, you're doing an album. And I'm like, <laughs> I cannot wait for this next one. So, um, <laughs> I so, guess yeah. it's available out there on all your platforms. Yeah. Spotify, Heart- iTunes. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak Queen yeah. is everywhere. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So when, when do you have a timeline for the, the new material? Um, I was hoping to release it in November, but we're going to do this a little different. We're going to release probably three singles off of it first and then release the entire album. So um, I'm thinking we'll probably start releasing the first singles in September, October. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you don't have to wait too long then. <laughs> no, I mean, quick. I'm, I, you know, if it were up to me, I'd be like Eric Church and just drop a new one every year. <laughs> but, yeah, just um, drop it. <laughs> Do you write regularly? Is it like a daily thing or is it coming spurts or how does your writing? No, I don't. I wish I did. Um, I don't write regularly. I get. You got a two year old. There's no regular writing. <laughs> yeah, no, right no. Usually I get pissed off and then I write. Um, yeah. <laughs> That sounds like you, Neil. That's pretty much me. Man. Yeah. Sometimes I really have to focus on the good. Right? Oh sweet. yeah, you won't find you will not find any love songs. Um, that's the one thing I suck at. My guitarist writes really good love songs. My my guitarist I have now, he's amazing at it. So I might steal one from him actually. But like, I just can't. I don't know what that yeah. says about me. Maybe I'm just an angry, bitter person. <laughs> but, no. but I just can't. But like muddy water, I got. One of my best friends crushed me. I mean, she really, really hurt my feelings. I wrote Muddy Water in two minutes. That's a whole song came out just like. That's just, where the best songs come. I know. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. And my grandma used to say that to me. You can't see through Muddy Water, Jennifer. And, uh, <laughs> wow. and but she'd say that when my head was in her rearview mirror, you know, like when we're driving down the road. Or <laughs> or if someone was lying or being fake. So, so in this case, uh-huh. that's what we're talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. So who who is in your band now? I mean, regular members. There's Brandon Lambert. He's our guitar and uh, bass player. Um, he plays both. And if I'm not playing or whoever else comes in. Um, and then our drummer is Chris McKinney. He's the longest standing member of Diamonds and Whiskey. He's been here since pretty much the beginning, so the past three years. Um, and then Adam Carter. Um, local Wahala boy here who has played with some greats. He used to play with Billy Joe Schaefer all the time. Um, super wow. talented, just moved to Nashville. Um, incredible artist. So he's also playing guitar for us now. Um, and that's about it right now. We don't, we don't really have any members that we, we like to say are full on members except for those guys because nowadays people come in and out and play so much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of head the band and, um, and then we just, uh, have people that come in and, and become part of that. Did you say that you, someone contacted you from New Zealand and said Muddy Waters, their top request? Yeah. Well, I was doing a radio interview with them. Yeah. So Galaxy, it's an Crazy. FM station there, Galaxy FM. Um, I did an interview with them probably six to eight months ago. I can't remember. And then they had me back on a few weeks ago and they were playing hands down, which is another single, which had been requested at that point, like 2000 times, which I thought was a lot for a radio request. (laughs) And then, um, Mm -hmm. so then they, they contacted us. They were like, Hey, can we get her back on? So I'm on the interview with them and they're like, so we got to tell you something. And I'm like, what? And they're like, we want you to know that muddy water has been requested 37 
thousand times. <laughs> I was, oh my I was like, what? And they're like, um, we hope you're coming to tour here next year. <laughs> I was just like, yes. I am so, now. So we are, we are actually in talks with, uh, with them and some promoters. Oh, there. what a great trip. Yeah, yeah. For touring there in Australia, if the COVID will allow. Um, yeah. so that's going to be the kicker for us, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild year for everybody. Do you have any idea how that happened? Um, well, so we have this great publicist. Her name is Paige, Paige Gregory, who you've probably communicated with. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and so she is a workaholic. I mean, this girl just, oh, I feel like meeting her has been the best thing ever. And she works so hard for us and she's the reason all this happens. I mean, she, she's pushing our music everywhere and, and she's like, your, your music's easy to push. So that works really well. But mm-hmm. she, um, She's the reason that we're doing anything. I feel like I like to give credit where it's due and meeting someone and then having them on your team and believe in you and push as hard as she does is a rare thing. You can write a bunch of good songs, but if nobody can push them and get them out there, you don't have a page in your life, then you just have a bunch of good songs that nobody's going to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, it takes a village. You know, my manager was saying that the other day. We just signed with a new manager, um, and he's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's like they they do calls. You know, him and Paige and my booking agent Liz, and and it takes a village, and that village has to really work hard to propel you forward uh, alongside you. You know, I work hard at this, but I'd be nothing without my team at this point. I mean, I just don't know what I'd do without them. And Paige is to me the spearhead of that. Um, she she just drives us forward. I can I could text her at three a.m. in the morning. She's still working. You know, she's just like that. And um, yeah, I'm so proud of her. It. Yeah, she does. And and um, yeah, I'm I'm just I can't say enough about her. I really can't. Is she in North Carolina? No, she's in Nashville, Tennessee. So who is your social media guru? Who keeps you out there on social media? Well, actually, Paige does that too. <laughs> she does it all. <laughs> um, she, she, is our, um, she, she does it all. She's like a one-stop shop. I feel like she's my one-woman team when it comes to so much. You've got another single that's doing pretty well right now. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Sugar Stick is actually doing really well. Um, God, Spotify is going crazy on Spotify right now. It's so You know what's nuts? Nice? There's so many different platforms with music. Um I saw Sugar Stick, but that's not the one I was thinking of. I which saw a song. Which, which one are you thinking of? Oh, <laughs> oh, gosh. So they must all be doing pretty well. They are. Anytime we put something out, it goes well. Um, if it's Is it Hands Down? Hooks. Hooks. Oh, yes. Hooks is played on Blues Radio ever. I already forgot that we just released that. Um, <laughs> and that I thought you know, it was the latest release. I just looked earlier. Yeah, it's, it's just that, you know, I really wanted to push this album, and it's like, God, there's so many songs we're releasing off of it because it's so good, and they all get so much traction. Um, but Hooks, yeah. Oh, I got to tell you, where we're at in the Carolinas, like anywhere we play in our region, people sing that song back to me. It is the probably the most recognizable song and that people call it dangerous. Cause that's the line in it. You know, I, don't say I didn't warn you and dangerous. Um, but it's just a simple one, four, five blue song. I mean, it is simple as it gets, but people love it, men and women, but it's the songs about being a badass woman. It's about, you know, just, I don't know, embracing being female and, and being a rock star or whatever you do. That's got to be an awesome feeling when uh, a crowd singing a song, singing your song back to you. Yeah, um, it, it is a really good feeling. Um, I, I uh, cried the first time that happened. <laughs> I was up there and like, <laughs> are they singing my words? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I bet, ah! yeah. 
we were playing this big, uh, the Hillbilly Jam. It's a big, huge festival in Western North Carolina last year. And I'm looking out at the crowd and, and these guys are singing this song to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it was, uh, it was super cool. But yeah, uh, Hooks awesome. is a great song. Thank you. I, I'm sorry. I think I'd remember what we just released. No, I, uh, Sugar Sticks is going crazy on Spotify, by the way, though. So you were right. You said the right answer, and Brad was uh, had another thing in mind, but they're well, both. Uh, the other thing, too, is I've got hooks. I've got hooks ready to go. I don't have Sugar Sticks queued up. So let's listen. That's what it was. Let's listen to hooks. All right, let's listen good. to hooks. <laughs> my eyes like a storm baby I'll pass through the night I'll wreak havoc then I'm gone by morning light oh I'm dangerous don't don't say I didn't warn you I'm dangerous He's a lot hooks and bombshell good looks Don't say I didn't warn ya One step from crazy to far from sane Holding my own, tasting the way I'm firewalking, baby Everyone's talking about her Yeah, yeah, isn't that every woman one step from crazy, too far from sane? (laughs) I will not answer that. We're not going to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, hold my own. I said no. You know, we're we're actually we're kind of here on a weird day because on your top five in Spotify is a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was about to um, make a post about that. Yeah, it's so funny. I woke up to more streams on that this morning because of, you know, Charlie Daniels passing. I was so sad. Um, And it's, you know, that's the only cover we've licensed or shot a video for. And it's because I love that song so much and so many people do. And um, when I was... Uh, we were talking about it last summer. Like, oh, we should do Devil Went Down to Georgia because Lena Martin plays fiddle on that. Um, she's amazing. Um, and my manager at the time was like, yeah, we should do like a badass chick version because that's, you know, that's what I stand for. So mm-hmm. um, so I was started singing it instead of just talking it, you know, which is how we came up with this version. So I kind of wrote a new melody for it. Um, and on that same radio interview a few weeks ago, uh, the people in New Zealand, Chris Buck, who's a friend of Charlie Daniels, um, heard the song and he loved it. He was like, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to let Charlie listen to this. So I just messaged him the other day to see what his feedback was, you know, and, um, I'm like, Oh yeah, we'll get with Charlie and ask him. And then uh, yesterday I found out, you know, or today I found out oh, actually wow. today. Yeah. And I was like, 
ah, like I've, I've just been distraught that he passed. But, you know, I mean, we, we've we lost so many uh, legends this year. I was supposed oh. to play with Joe Diffie up there at the North Dakota Country Fest. So I couldn't wait to meet him. And um, and he passed, too. And I just, I don't know. You know, it's just been a, it's been a year, I tell you. It really has. It yeah. really, really has. John Prine, Joe Diffie. I forgot about Joe Diffie until you. I mean, there's so many you forget. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, John Prine. Uh, I just did Angel for, uh from Montgomery oh. the other day, um, just as a tribute to him. But yeah, so many greats for sure. Um, I don't know. It's depressing to think about. It is. Let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> so what have you, what have you been doing during this uh, Corona shutdown to, to kind of keep yourself busy with music and staying out there? Well, I've been, um, we've been doing everything on social media that we possibly could to, to keep, keep us going um sorry about that <laughs> I, knew, I knew as soon as we started talking about charlie daniels somebody would start crying. I, I know right <laughs> um <laughs> well pa- you know Paige keeps us going on social media i've been writing and working on new material um you know aside from aside from day-to-day life taking care of a, of a, a two-year-old and in, in my my normal job but yeah just trying to push our music on as many um, outlets online that we can, because it's all we can do. Um, live streaming, of course. We don't do as much live streaming as other bands. Um, I'm not into the acoustic thing. I'll do it occasionally, but we've done some bigger live streams, you know, um, like full on stage and production live streams. Um, oh, cool. I enjoy that sort of thing because I like rock and roll. <laughs> I like to I like to sing as loud as I possibly can. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so so we've been doing some of that and um, and research, you know, and how the music industry is changing and and what that means for us in the future too. Um, and we're still trying to figure that out right now because I mean, like Carolina Country Music Fest is coming up in September, and as of now, that's still on. And that's a huge day for us. That's when we play on the main stage uh, earlier before Darius Rucker. So that's a big, big gig for us. Um, And right now it's still on, but we know how that goes. (laughs) So um, so we're trying to figure out, you know, how. Is it outdoors? It is outdoors. So maybe it'll happen. It's massive, though. I mean, I think there's. I don't know, forty thousand people there last year. This is this is a huge, huge festival. Like one of the that would one not of the suck to be on. That wouldn't yeah. suck to be on that stage at all, huh? No. <laughs> it's one of those four days when four day ones where Eric Church is one night and Luke Combs is another, and then you've got forty some acts, you know, four yeah. stages. It's massive. Um, so we're really proud to be a part of that. And then oh, yeah. we'll probably if it goes on, I'll be shocked. But um because yeah. we just lost two more gigs in August. I just found out today. So I'm just, oh, it's just a bummer. So now we're trying to figure out how that transitions to next year because everybody's rebooking us for next summer. You know, it kind of pushes everything out a year for us. So we had other plans for next year. And now we're trying to, I guess, drop back and punt, you know, <laughs> and figure, yeah. out, figure out what we're doing yeah. now. So um, I'm sure a lot of bands, or most bands are probably doing that, um, that are in mm. our position. So it's, it's difficult. I know some bands are giving up too. You know, it's a hard thing to weather through the storm. Maybe they'll, you know, be able to go on with it, but might not have 40,000. Yeah. Maybe knows? you'll just have to play for 20,000. Exactly. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's so funny. Where are you guys? Are you in Kentucky? Where'd you say Louisville. you are? Yeah, yeah we're from Louisville. Kentucky. I've been through Louisville. Um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, so we're in South Carolina. It's so funny. South Carolina down here, you know, we're, pretty much living our best life. I mean, people are still doing their thing for the most part, social distancing, wearing masks, whatever. Mm. But 
not shut down. You cross the line into North Carolina, and it's like a different world altogether. Um, so South Carolina, people are out playing music here. I mean, restaurants are open, outdoor mm-hmm. stuff is open. So a lot of my friends here are playing. And so in North Carolina, nothing going on. Um, and so, I, you know, it depends on, on where you live and, and whatnot. But we've got the beaches in South Carolina, too, which we know is a hot mm-hmm. spot. Um, so it's... um. We'll just see what happens. So there's that festival is at Myrtle Beach. So I don't know what oh, that's going to look like. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. That may be <laughs> at yeah. Myrtle Beach. That may be rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You're right, though. Complete who knows. And it's uh, up in the air. But I'm sure one way or the other, you're going to find out soon enough. And hopefully, hopefully it's something they can manage and, and you still get up on that stage because that would be an amazing experience. Right. <laughs> amazing. So why don't we back back up to Devil Went Down to Georgia and, and play. Uh, Play diamond and whiskey version. Oh yeah, no, I, I'd love your honest feedback on that too. So um, yeah. okay, okay, let's hear it. The devil went down to Georgia. She was looking for a soul to steal. She was in a bond and way behind and willing to make a deal. Well, she came across this young girl sewing on the fiddle and playing it hot. Jumped upon a hickory stump. She said, "Girl, let me tell you what. Well, I guess you didn't know it." But I'm a fiddle player too And if you care to take a dare Well, I'll make a bet with you Now you play pretty good fiddle, girl But give the devil up, do Better fiddle of gold against your soul Cause I think I'm better than you And the girl said, my name's Jenny And it might be a sin Well, I'll take your bet you're gonna regret I'm the best days I've ever been Jenny, rousing up your bow And play your fiddle hard Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia And the devil deals in And said, I'll start this show And fire flew from her fingertips As she rosined up her bow And she pulled that bow across the strings And it made an evil hiss And a band of demons joined in And it sounded something like this That would have been great to hear back from Charlie Daniel. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And he would probably appreciate it even more because it's not identical. You're doing your own thing. So first time I heard this, I was, I was sitting with Neil and I said, man, this is different. I said, when the fiddle kicks in, it's got to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I tried to keep the traditional parts that everybody knew, the fiddle parts and stuff, because I think that's important to the song. Yeah, if you change that, people will be like, what the yeah, hell? Like, I've never listened to that. It's sacrilegious. I can't believe you changed Charlie Daniels. So, exactly. yeah, you, you, did a, you did a real good tribute to yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I, I've listened to a lot of covers of this, and I've never felt like anyone really 
did it justice that well. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I think I did either, but I wanted to do something a little different instead of just talking it through like everybody else, Um, but still keep the traditional parts of the song where everybody still enjoys it, you know? So, um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like we, we did that well. Heck yeah. I'm always a sucker for uh, a cover that is not a dead on ringer for the song that that you're covering. Okay. I know the answer to this question. So I'm going to see if you guys do. Okay. <laughs> how how many years ago did he release Devil Went Down to Georgia? All right, that's you first. Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me answer it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh god, because I, I have no clue. I'm gonna. I saw your eyes, Neil. You were trying to look at my notes. Did you see um, your notes? There's no wait, way I'm deciphering anything on that page. I want to say about forty years ago. All right, I say uh, seventy-eight. Hey, I oh, you picking a year? Google? Oh, I thought you said no. how hey, long no, ago. <laughs> no, okay. So you guys are both right on. Really? So it was 1979, which was what? 40 41 years ago. Years ago. So, so she we, said 40 and you said 78. <laughs> so we good job. It. We were great. <laughs> Averaged out, we're good. I'm impressed. <laughs> that's awesome. 79, huh? Can you believe that song? Is that old? And that's some killer fiddle playing back in the day, too. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh. Yeah, awesome. I wasn't yeah, born yet, but I'm sure that was awesome. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> I was being born somewhere around that time. <laughs> so you guys have the the North Carolina, what, what was that called again? The festival? Music oh, festival. the Carolina Country Music Fest. What else is in the future for Diamonds and Whiskey? As of right now. Right now, we still have the South Dakota State Fair. That's September 5th. I think we have another gig up there somewhere. I'd have to ask my booking agent. I, they tell me where to go, and I just show up. Um, Nothing but, wrong with uh, that. No, and then, um, and then in September, we've got a few more Carolina festivals. All our stuff in the September, October is the you know North and South Carolina, which is normal festival time for us. Um, we have the South mm-hmm. Carolina State Fair, um, and then Carolina Country Music Fest, and then... Uh, in December, we're actually going to do the Performing Arts Center here in Wahala, South Carolina, which is a great venue. I mean, gosh, Tanya Tucker, um, Winona was just here, um, oh, wow. Loretta Lynn. Like, yeah, a lot of uh, Marshall Tucker yeah, played yeah. here. So, yeah, we're going to play Ooh. there. We're going to do our own gig there and have some some people open for us and from around here and, and let them take that stage. That'll be really fun. Um, but yeah, and then we're looking for, uh, to go maybe to New Zealand in February, if we can, if we're able to get out of this country and everything go well. So that's our plan right now, but just pushing our music out. And, um, a lot of radio stations, just pick, like FM stations just picked up muddy water. So I'm anxious to see how that's going to do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you definitely have something going in New Zealand and Australia. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, uh, you got to go. That's why we put hooks on here. I saw that it was like a top 10 in Australia or something. <laughs> yeah. It's- Diamonds and whiskey. They love you. <laughs> yeah, even if uh, even if people here hadn't caught on yet, we'll go over there. Um, Italy, gosh, it'll we, happen. We're on that sugar sticks climbing the European Academy of Country Music charts right now. Muddy Water already topped it, so I think we're number oh. nine with Sugar Stick. Um, That's and killer. We'll probably release another to it soon. So it's um yeah. What was it, that? What was the chart you just mentioned? The European Academy of Country Music. It's hard for me to keep up with all of them. One of my friends messaged me and they're like, did you know that Sugar Sticks are already number nine on the EACMs? So I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it's pretty cool. Um, and they love country music over there. And, uh, 
you know, buy merch and, and spend money on it. So we're definitely going to go over there if we can. Hey, oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yes, that'd be a heck of a time. And I'm going to listen to Sugar Sticks as soon as we get off of uh, recording this podcast. I no, haven't listened to that play, one That's what we're going to play it out on. The, we'll, we'll have to play it out for this episode. We'll have to find that and get it on here. <laughs> I'm eventually going to get him like $11 a month into Spotify so he can have all, all the songs. He can have all the songs. For like hey, I'm an Apple month. Music girl. Like, I don't even listen. There you go. Don't tell anybody. I don't even listen to Spotify. Um. It's okay. Hey, Apple Music counts. That's all that matters. Those are the big two, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, check out Sugar Stick. It's fun. It's different. It's um. You know, the line in there, uh, you sugar on a stick. I want to lick it clean. Yes. Yeah, so, um, okay, we're listening to that on the way. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go out with sugar sticks. Yeah, just before we go out, tell us everywhere we can uh, get information on the band and on anything that goes on, any uh, new dates they're going to come up or where you can find your music, just anything that you can think of that uh, will lead uh, listeners to you guys. We are Diamonds and Whiskey, all spelled out on Facebook. So if you type that in, you will find us. On Instagram, it's Diamonds and Whiskey Official. And on Twitter, it's Diamonds Whiskey. We had to leave the and out. They won't let us have it. They're just controlling. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's too, too long to fit on there. Um, and, um, yeah, anywhere else. Um, gosh, go and Same, same deal with Spotify and Apple. And uh, do you all have a website? Yes, we do. Diamondsandwhiskeyband.com. And thank you. I always forget that one because I never go to people's websites anymore. I always go to like Facebook or Instagram. Oh, we just got a TikTok. You're not going to find it all on there. But yeah, so I, so my TikTok has become more of like my family thing. So I can show people like, you know, behind the scenes what it's like in my life. So you'll find my daughter on there, but it's Diamonds and Whiskey on there. And, um, <laughs> and so I post the cute little stuff of her. Um, just so, you know, people have more insight into my life. Um, and I've started doing that a little more as she gets a little older. It's just, just a lot of fun. She, she's a little rock star in, in her own right. So, but yeah, TikTok, that's like a new thing. So I think we've got four posts. I just started it. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, we are thinking we are going to have a Top Hill Recording Podcast field party in the fall. And uh, we'll have to invite you, even though you probably won't be able to come. Well, and, and it might right. be the only uh, field festival y'all get to play all year. I know. You better invite me. Don't think I won't come. <laughs> I'll you up. can come to Kentucky, and Neil has a huge, yeah, we got huge it. yard. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna invite everybody that's been on the podcast and just have an open stage. It should be a good time. So expect an invite. And don't, ask for gas, and don't ask for gas money. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there. If I get a thumb my way, don't worry. I'll um, <laughs> Bring the family. <laughs> right. Yep. Oh, you don't want my daughter there. She'll, she'll run amok. <laughs> she can have that stage, but we'll give her time. <laughs> she loves it. She gets up on stage and tries to take my mic all the time. So, um, Well, thank you guys so much. This has been so fun, and um, I really appreciate it. Hey, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. And we're going to go out with Sugar Sticks. See everybody next week. See ya. I take one step for the thrill. I take two steps. It's overkill. I'm a walking on the edge of love and hate. Fire and ice, I do believe that's the difference between you and me. I need so much more, but baby, it'll have to wait. Here we go. One day
bit off more than I could chew, and it's too. 